Welcome everybody to the Brothers Podcast. I am your host, Stephen City P. Watcher, or one of your hosts, along with my partner in crime, Dante Chase Bridges, aka Dante Chase Bridges. Never needed an aka. And we are the Brothers. brothers. That went like well. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Dante burned popcorn in my house, so now it's smelling like burnt popcorn in here. Thank you, Mr. Bridges. I appreciate that. No, no, the pleasure's all mine. Yeah, I know, I know. My own. Because, you know, nah, I, I like my apartment to smell like uh, Y'all uh, burnt vegetable. Okay. Burnt vegetable. Thanks a lot. All corn right. ain't even a vegetable no more. I don't even know. Corn is a grain. Corn is a grain. See? It's right there. Still, it is burnt and it smells in my house. Could we please come on? All right. So, let's get started. As usual, we got a really great show for you today. It's a very special topic that's really near and dear to this city. It's something we need to talk about. It's very important. But first, let's get to some town hall business. Mr. Bridges, what do you have for us today? The first lady that I would like to bring up is a lady that I've been chatting out because she's been doing her thing in Chicago. I would like to give it up for Rasha, the holistic nurse. What does she do? Womb healing, yoga, holistic healing overall healing and she's on the conventional side of the game with a nursing so look out for her man you can catch her on rasa the holistic nurse or rasa go on an event like what's that no rasta the holistic nurse rastafarian the holistic nurse rasta the holistic nurse that name sorry event bright you can catch her events on event bright just go to her page check her out man say that the brother sent you man she'll give you a 99 percent discount that is not what? true don't do that Oh. But go on her page. Check her out. Oh, we had four. Almost. Oh. Got one for us? Uh, I got to shout out my younger brother, the rapper extraordinaire, JMC. He's got his show coming up tomorrow. If you do not have necessary information, hit him up on his Facebook page, Jeremy Williams or JMC, his fan page on Facebook. Show is coming up tomorrow, folks. He's hot. Daydreams to reality. You better look out for him. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Man, I got another person I want to shout out. Shout out to my frat brother, Spud City P. Cotton. Uh, he's doing a show tonight. Uh, give a special shout out to him, man. He's going to be doing his thing. Um, there's somebody else I was supposed to shout out. We'll get to that, man. But you got one, don't you? Okay, a couple more. First of all, let's shout out uh, people who are tuning in live. Keisha on Facebook. Mary on Instagram. Justin Hanna. Sade on Instagram. Uh, who else? Justin Hanna. Justin Hanna on your page. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in. I got a shout-out. This is actually a very interesting shout-out real quick to a Jennifer Williams. She is in a group of us, on a, um, a Facebook group called The Locker Room. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her. Y'all don't know this, but Jennifer Williams just became a viral sensation. And what she do? She's the one responsible for questioning C.J. McCollum about winning a playoff game. And his response was, I'm trying, Jennifer. <laughs> well, we had the pleasure of knowing Jennifer. So Jennifer Williams. Jennifer, you did Jennifer X. Williams. She is the one. You started something, girl. You started a trend. Shout Jump out to on you. that. Shout out to you. Jump on that. Um... I guess you have one more. Anything else? Actually, I think I'm about done. With okay, the so I know I got one more shout out um, to a good friend of mine, a man I know also from the locker room, the sports group, is Abasi Thompson. 
He is a, one of our finest, or somewhat finest, Chicago police. Right, 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 right. Chicago police officer. I think he's going to be on duty tonight, so be safe out there, brother. Which brings us to our topic of today, of this evening. We're talking about Chicago violence. Sure. And it's something that has really been gripping our city hall. So, I want to know. So, here's the So, here's the thing. What is the what's causing all this? What is really causing all this? And what is like why is the media hyping this up? Like what is causing this? Because I kind of don't. The way I look at it is, I know it has a lot to do with poverty. I know it has to do a lot with the the job market. I know it has a lot to do with, you know, the drug game as well. Definitely the drug game. It's a a series on Netflix called I think it's called Dope or Narcos. Yeah, dope, dope. Yeah. Definitely check that out. It broke down the whole thing last year. But yeah, it's caused a grip to put a grip on the city of Chicago. Or has it? That's my personal opinion. I mean, what do you feel about it? Uh, we get into the actual question question of it. Because uh, I'm going to give y'all a disclaimer right now. I don't have the quote-unquote popular or... Uh, majority opinion about what's going on in Chicago. I feel like it's a little bit more insidious. I feel like it's a little bit more calculated, and I don't feel like it's surface deep at all. So just to give y'all that disclaimer. So if we get into the, you know, the actual question. Well, have we ever not been candid? Yeah, but we're gonna get real candid right now. You know what? We might get kicked off Facebook. How candid? Let me go ahead and put you on time. So I'm gonna give you about uh, let's see, what time is it right now? No, 17. I don't, I don't need. I don't need uh, a <laughs> Alright, go ahead. I think no, and I want you to be a part of this too because I think this is something that we all need to understand. Okay. Uh, when you're talking about Chicago violence, let me just start off by saying one thing. Mm-hmm. I think that Chicago violence is something that's been in the making for the past 50 years. Now, when you say 50 years, the first thing that you think is, oh, my God, what is that, 50s, 60s? No. 50 years ago was 1970. So that's not that far apart. I feel that this, the crime in Chicago is a controlled experiment to exterminate the black population in order to repopulate Chicago with Caucasians and other ethnic groups that they feel is suitable for city living. Sounds a lot like gentrification. Gentrification, but if gentrification was part of the purge. (laughs) Because what I truly feel, I feel this has too many insidious things that going on with it. Like, for instance, we all talk about the Bay Truck. We talk about the 73 students that was going on. But I just want y'all to challenge y'all minds to understand how many people do you feel was arrested after these 73 shootings that happened just a week ago? Just tell me that. Oh, if you were on my page, you can actually go to uh, the Brothers Podcast and check it out on the Brothers Podcast, okay? From my page, okay? So, how many people do you think that was captured, arrested for the 73 shootings? Not one single point. Do you know how many cameras... Do you know how many sound trackers? Do you know how many voice recording systems that's in the city of Chicago? Chicago is one of the biggest metropolitan cities in the United States of America. And it's enforced with security just like one of the biggest cities. So you really think if it was 73 shootings going on, and I'm not even saying that 73 people didn't get hurt. 
But what I'm telling you is, if you really think that low-level gang members, quote-unquote, was the cause of 73 shootings happening in Chicago, do you think that no one or no camera would have picked it up? And there's a camera on every single corner in the city of Chicago. There's motion detectors on every single corner in the city of Chicago. You have certain instruments that if you shoot a gun, they have the ability to track the sound where it originally came from in the city of Chicago. But you're going to sit here and tell me that no one knows how these 73 people died. And said, well, I don't know if the 73 people died, but these 73 people were either critically wounded or died. There is no way possible in this big metropolitan city that that could have happened without the help or assistance of the government. Or no possible way. aware about it either. The thing is, is a lot of people don't understand that they're acting like they don't know that there's a fight going on or they don't know what exactly it is. There's way too much media coverage, but there's not enough explanation as to why. And you want to know, and if you are just sitting there wondering like, oh my God, what is this happening? Why is this happening? And it's just, it's, they know. Trust me, they know. They know exactly how the system works. This is the system. And here's the thing though. This is not something that's new. This is very much almost systemic in a way. This has been going on. This is this is a simple. I look at it as a very simple gentrification system. Okay. I think it's much more than gentrification because, like I said, it's insidious. And when you say insidious, it means that it has cruel intentions for a specific demographic. And the African-American demographic is the ones that's being targeted. Why? The census is off. As far as how many African Americans there truly are, especially in the city of Chicago. City of Chicago, African Americans are the majority. I know they say that we're the minority, but if we are the majority in the city of Chicago. How much of a percentage would you say we would make up in the city? I would say we would make up about 68%. Between 60 and 60 and somewhere in the uh, high 60s. So we're. Okay, so let's basically. We are the majority. We're over 60%. So let's say to say that, you know, Chicago is predominantly black. Chicago is a predominantly black city, and it's Chicago is a microcosm of the predominant cities in America. Because when you're dealing with the Clevelands, when you're dealing with just Midwest cities, Detroit, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, um, uh, Cincinnati, Midwestern cities, we are the predominant people in the Midwest. And there is a reason why black people are being targeted. And this goes, this alludes back to the Chicago violence. The Chicago violence is controlled. Because like I said, 73 gang members ain't shoot 73 people. Because it'd be 73 people in jail if that was the case. It is a controlled violence in order to exterminate the people of Chicago. Meaning the black people of Chicago. So when you're thinking about this. And the reason why I'm saying it like this, because I want to challenge you to stop looking at this as we need to put the guns down. If you hear another 92.3 reference to put the guns down, you need to go to that goddamn <laughs> radio station and say, listen, stop being this just bull. If you, you know what's funny about that is they got notorious rappers who are known for gun violence dropping these advertisements to tell you to put the guns down. It's the most hypocritical stuff I've ever seen in my life. And I understand that. It, it's, it's, it's a runaround. 
It's the ring around the rosy. Mm -hmm. Only thing it is is a distraction because if the guns need to be put down, then stop putting the guns into the communities in the back alleys. There are so many evidence. There's so many incidents of guns being dropped off in the uh, neighborhood of Roseland, in the neighborhood of West Pullman, in the neighborhood of uh, the backyards, Pocket Town, that people have documented, showed camera instances of these people putting inside of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure a dude named Ray Ray ain't the ones who's dropping out crates of foreign ammunition. Remember when they talked about how this is a Trump-free zone? You know what I mean? You might wonder how much of an impact that really means when they say this is a Trump zone. Because, you know, obviously Trump is not pro-black. So the labeling of this being a Trump zone may seem like it's more systemic of we, as a people, control the majority of the city, which means we control a lot of power in the city, which means now they can go and start dwindling that down. No, we don't control any power in the city, and that's by design. This is where the Chicago violence, I feel, kicks in at, because that is a part of the reason why. Mm -hmm. You have to, it's, it's one of the fundamental principles of the art of war, divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. You have people that have the majority ethnic group in the city of Chicago, no matter what the census say, no matter what CBS, CNN, or ABC says, we are the majority. In order to make sure that these people don't unite and not only take over physically, but that, that, ain't, that ain't where it is. Because you can kill six more cops and six cops will replace them. I'm not ever advocating that. Well, I'm, I'm going to take that back, but we're going to go a little further in it. All I'm saying is, not physically to come together, but politically come together. Because if you got millions of people in the city of Chicago that's able to fund lobbyists in order to pass bills that can go inside of our communities, that can help our communities, that can pass initiatives that can go inside of our communities and give this one out of five African-American male a job because everybody knows that when crime goes up, jobs are going down. And when jobs go up, crime goes down. That is just a fundamental fact of economics. Well, that also brings us to the point I was going to ask about how does this change the landscape of this city? And you just get, like, how does it change the landscape as far as the job market that you just alluded to a little bit? Um, the residential market, which we know is a big factor into it because it's mostly always seems to be about real estate and the cultural market, the cultural landscape. Well, first of all, there are no jobs in the city of Chicago by design because you have to starve the people out in order for them to go in all different directions, meaning the suburbs. You can tell that there's no jobs on a man level and on a woman level. There are, the data, they're, they're doing this with Section 8 housing. They will tell you, listen, I will give you Section 8 housing and you don't have to wait on the waiting list for a year. We can give you right now Section 8 housing. The only thing is you got to move far out of the city of Chicago for the year. And we've had plenty of One friends year. or and we've had plenty of friends that are dealing with this. Friends that are dealing with this right now. Going to speak. Gurney. Going to Shop not Schomburg, but going to Gurney, going to Barrows, yeah. going all northern suburbs from the city of Chicago. Because yes. you're pushing them out of the metropolitan area. And why do you think you push them out though? Because the metropolitan area is a high property value area. And that's something that Chicago Black people just don't understand. We got one of the worst neighborhoods, quote-unquote, that people say is in the city of Chicago, which is Inglewood. Mm -hmm. The Dan Ryan runs 
completely straight through there. Do you know when you're on the highway from Inglewood, you can see downtown Chicago? Downtown Chicago is about 10 minutes away from Inglewood. Minus the traffic. The traffic is good. Even with traffic, I would give it 20 minutes. That's different from coming all the way to Country Club Hills. That's different from if you have to travel to Niles. Especially with the taxes. People don't want to be in Niles and these uh, other suburbs. So you have all this prime real estate that's sitting here that because of redlining, black people were pushed into these neighborhoods. But now the market value is, it hasn't went up. And this is going to allude back to the Chicago violence. But you got prime real estate sitting here. What's a way to get these black people out? You create a famine that will cause the black people to have to turn on each other. Because one thing we know, you take out the money, you take out the jobs, you take out the fathers out of the homes, violence is going to occur. You create this. Also, you create a media frenzy that's going to tell you, listen, these black people are out of control. They need for people to come in and, and take care of them. We need, the, we need militias. We need FEMA. You create this frenzy, frenzy and you create the media that's looking at them and saying, you know what? We need them to be taken care of. You got people co-signing with Trump. These goddamn pastors, these, these coon pastors that's saying we got to get the body count down in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that it could be the militias that the government is sending into Chicago that's causing the Chicago violence in the first place. So you have... A 50-year-old plan that's coming into effect right now. Now, a little bit later, I'm going to give you the actual plans that they're giving in order for the Chicago crime to increase so that they can get the black people out of Chicago so they can take back over this real estate. Here's, you know, here's a prime example. And that's not just Inglewood. Now, we're also talking about the west side of Chicago, which is even probably even worse because that's where the majority of this is coming from. And I'll tell you like a prime example. I had a great my great grandmother or great auntie, God rest her soul. When she had to go downtown, she had to take the bus. She chose not to drive. She chose to take the bus. We stayed off Cicero and Chicago Avenue. Chicago Avenue bus is about a 25 to 30 minute bus ride, if less, straight to downtown. Dropped off probably, I think, really close to the Daily Center. She had to go downtown to City Hall. So the west side of Chicago is a very high value area as well. And that's where I was born and raised. At. Because 290 flows straight through. Exactly. So it's a very high, so it's actually probably one of the more. You always see it right now in West End, West Loop. You see it currently going down in Inglewood. Hyde Park has kind of always been like that. But you all see in Bronzeville, it's starting to get built up now. Because mm-hmm. these are already the areas that have been affected that probably most of your African Americans have already been pushed out of them. Right. Like this, like how the projects downtown have been torn down. Remember that? Yeah. Green green. Greens got torn down. Mm-hmm. That was part of the whole plan. Right. We all knew that was the reason for all that was happening. And then pushing the green greens, those every all the residents into the overpopulated neighborhoods and low east side, and then sending some of the south side, the south suburbs, so on to Country Club Hills, to Dalton, to Harvey. It's, it's, it's like I said, systemic. And when you say systemic, what do you mean by systemic? It's part of the process because it's always been happening like this. It's just a process. It's a process that has been going on for years. You said about 50 or so years, right? This was a plan 50 years in America. Yeah. And it's, they have planned this and it's currently coming into fruition. Yeah. When you say systemic, though, you're basically alluding to the fact that 
a gang can't create systemic problems. Uh, the GDs beefing with the vice lords can't create systemic problems. The Blackstones and the Souls on the West Side don't create systemic problems. Systemic problems are created by the powers to be. And as much as we don't like to admit this, the powers to be are the government, the politicians, the state government, the federal government, the organizations, the foundations, the initiatives that's funding the, uh, Chicago in order to build in here. And that's funny because that also alludes into the next thing I was going to ask you about or ask the people about and ask ourselves. What hand really does the Chicago police and the city of Chicago play in all this? They play the biggest part because one of the things that people don't understand about the Chicago police, Chicago police are a part of the military. Most people don't understand that Chicago police are a part of the federal government military. So just break down what a police officer is. He's a policy enforcer and policy enforcer. Whose policy is he enforcing? And why is he enforcing the policy? There is an act, okay? I don't know if too many people are familiar with this. It's called the Rex 84 Act. It started when they were quote unquote Black Panther extremists. And the reason why I say quote unquote because they were just fighting for civil justice inside of their own neighborhoods. They weren't fighting to overthrow the government to a certain extent. They were fighting for not even equality, but just leave us alone to deal with our own communities. Mm -hmm. That's what they were fighting for. So you're dealing with this Rex 84 that saw these people as extremists. The only thing they was extreme at was not letting the government come and leech on them anymore. Because they were like, I always use this expression, the government was putting that leech on the back of black society's neck and they were sucking their funds dry. But the Black Panthers came in and decided to create organizations that would allow them to fund their own communities. They created acts called Rex 84 in order to say that these people can be categorized as terrorists. Did you hear what I said? These people can be categorized as terrorists in order for them to enforce policies policies on these specific people who enforces the policies it's the government no but who enforces the policies in chicago oh the police exactly so that's how the police correlates back into this situation everybody it's it's when you're born an african-american you have a subconscious feeling that the police are not on your side mm -hmm. it, it just goes with the territory but when you overall realize the way that they are set up when they say to protect and serve they never said anything about protecting the population they're protecting and serving the government they're protecting and serving the policies this is not my opinion you can look this up black's laws dictionary you can go to the National Archives on Pulaski. You can just check the National Congress Archives and understand exactly what the police officer job really is, especially in the city of Chicago. So you have these policies in place to set up in order for the police to be the authoritarians to enforce the policies to get rid of all the black people. What do you think that alludes to, though? Bait trucks. Why do you think they're trying to go out of their way to entrap African-American boys and, and not as much as African-American women, but the African-American protectors, which are the boys that's going to grow into men. Why do you think they're going out their way to do this, bro? Why do you think they're going out their way? Because we're the primary target of all this. 
because we are the primary protectors, potential protectors of all this. So they see us as the biggest threat. We are the threat. And so when I alluded to Rex 84, Rex 84 legally made it so that if you see a, and this is true, this is, go look this up. Don't take my word for anything. Don't take my word for nothing. (laughs) I am just a man. Go look it up for yourself. Do your own research. Mm -hmm. They created the Rex 84 in order to go inside of the black community and say, we have legal papers that if you are a black activist, if you are a black leader, if you are a part of a black organization, a.k.a. gangs, Mm -hmm. we have the right to classify you as a terrorist. And if we classify you as a terrorist, according to our policy, we have the right to come in, not give you a fair trial, suspend the Constitution, and take you off to these camps, a.k.a. FEMA camps. And this is what they were doing in the city of Chicago. Matter of fact, they had a, a, a building that they were basically caging black people in. You heard about that. That was off too. the books. This is, see, these are not things that I'm just talking about. Rex 84 was in effect. That was the reason why they were able to create this building and pull these black people off the street because they was classified as terrorists. And here's the thing about this. Is they're not shying away from admitting this either. It has been in the newspapers. It has been on reported about. They just had a report not too long ago, I think, in Chicago. Tribune just posted about the Chicago police has been dubbed as the most corrupt police force, one of the most corrupt police forces in America. They're not denying this. They're not lying about this. They're not sugarcoating this. They're making it well known this is a real thing that's happening. The bait trucks, the private prisons. This is not a lie. We've known this. People on the street know this. Mm-hmm. The media has, in our city knows this. As a matter of fact, they now, they took it one step further with the Rex 84. They have enacted what we now know as the BIE which is the black identity extremists. So let's go back to the 73 killings that happened in the city of Chicago. If you were a part of it, meaning that if you were a family member that had someone die in these 73 killings or a wounded, and you decided that you're gonna say, I don't wanna stand for this anymore. I'm going to protest. Do you know what they now are able to do? They're now able to say that your activism, you just saying that I'm, I'm not standing for my uh, little, little son that's 17 years old had nothing to do for getting shot no more. They have now made it legal for your activism to be classified as extreme terrorism or domestic terrorism inside of your community. So even the mother that just had their son murdered in the street can be classified as an extreme terrorists according to the BIE and you know what now they can do you gone you gone there's so many angles like I said Chicago has become almost like a controlled experiment kind of like when you put rats inside of a, a maze yeah. and you give them cheese and they run around and you can understand the psychology of them. Well, Chicago has now become a place where you have to understand the psychology of where you're living at. So one thing that they do is they make you feel that it's your fault. 
Like you feel it's your fault that somebody has robbed you. And, and, and let's let's look at this on a broader scale. Sounds like victim shame. Yeah. Let's look at this on a broader scale because before we get into me saying that I'm victim shaming anyone, nobody should get robbed. But let's look at the root cause of someone robbing somebody. Unless, you know, it's aberrations to the rule. But the root cause of me robbing you is because I have nothing, right? Mm -hmm. If I have nothing and I have no means of getting anything, they have already documented by experiments that they did in Yale University saying that the mentality of a person, no matter if they're black, white, Mexican, or alien, if they are starved of any type of resource that they need in order to survive, especially a male, he will resort to physical harm and violence in order to support him and his family. So they have taken the resources out of the city of Chicago and they knew and they, this is the government we're talking about. These are these private organizations. They knew what you were going to do. They knew the type of mentality you have. Because they have been studying this for the past 70 years. Before there was Rex 84, there was COINTELPRO. Mm -hmm. When they infiltrated the civil rights organizations to understand, listen, we got to understand how these people tick so we can never have these people unite like this again. You had the Muslims. You had Moors. You had Hebrew Israelites. You had even the church people, the Christians, all uniting in order to fight against black civil rights. They could have never let that happen again. So what they decided to do was divide and conquer because they know that one finger is not as strong as a fist. Now, let's fast forward to Chicago. They have divided and they have conquered. And what is the conquering for? The resources in Chicago, which is the real estate, the houses, the land. Do you understand the water routes that the city of Chicago is in? Do you understand the resources that are pumped outside the import? Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? So you're sitting on gold and they want it. They know they want it. They want it. They want it. And here's an, I don't want to dive in a little bit of what you were talking about when you talk about what I mean about victim shaming. Is here's how it works in a psychological sense. Psychologically, they are telling you that you are the problem. You are the result of your own downfall, which is really not the case. But if you are responsible and if you feel that you are, you have a better chance to toll the corporate line, which means you tend to not be as opinionated. You tend to not be rebellious against something that you think is right. Out towards something that you think is right and against their own policies. That means you have a tendency to kind of fall into the system. Like you saying system. Systems. Think about this word. System. You have a tendency to fall into that system and be as part of the ongoing problem. Because what it really is is that you're really not really challenging anything. You're not challenging anything at all. You're not really doing anything to fight back. You're not fighting for your rights. You're not going out there to really vote. There's no candidates really out there you can vote for. There's no really, you're not doing community action. You're not doing community outreaches. You're not hitting the streets. You're not buying up property. You're not protecting your investments. That's where I got disagreed with you. What are you doing? Because... This this what I feel. I don't agree with I don't disagree with everything you said, but I do disagree with the fact that 
if crime happens, they have allowed you. I'll say it like this. They give you the problem, but they also give you a solution. Okay? So, for example, all of these people were dying in the city of Chicago. You know what they told black people the solution was? Well, if you want to change all these people dying, especially by cops, black people join the police force. So they caused the problem and gave you the solution. But, is but that it's really all... It, exactly. That, that's the whole point. It's not a solution. It's a controlled solution. Because you can't have your oppressor cause your problem and then have your oppressor solve your problem without the oppressor always having an advantage over you. Yes. So a lot of the voting, voting. If you're not voting for someone that you funded with your own money, and I mean the black community, if you haven't literally bought, because that's how politics work, you got to buy your politicians. Right. I hate to tell y'all this, all of this grass, grassroots is good, but if you ain't got the money to come up to uh, Willie, Willie Smith or Willie Wilson and be like, look, Willie Wilson, <laughs> I need you to put community centers in Rosemont. Here's a million dollars. You got two million votes right here if you do it. What's up? That's real politics. Right. That's the politics. Them giving you somebody that's going to still stay on a corporate policy ladder is not really politics. It ain't nothing but a pig dressed up in makeup. But there's a lot of people that don't understand that type of policy. They don't understand how that systemic works. Nobody really is taking the time to kind of dig in and research that or understand how the politics work. Like you can see it every day on your CNNs or your even on your Fox News, no matter how much trash they are. You can go on BBC. You can go about it. They talk about this stuff all the time. They're telling you how this works. You know what I think the solution for that is? Mm -hmm. I think as black people, we need to start to create our own black filter news outlets. Because when you say BBC, CNN, these are all white corporate America or white supremacy news outlets. So every information that they get, if they're not even just telling a bold-faced lie, is basically filtered through the perspective of a Caucasian person that's in charge of the United States. We need our own news outlets that gives the perspective of an African-American and not someone that's been bought. That's why a lot of this stuff has to be independent because you can't, you can't have a black news outlet that's funded by Viacom. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. It has to be funded by our own money. And there's too many black people in the city of Chicago, million, that can give $1 and fund a news outlet for the city of Chicago where we can get our news to understand what's truly going on and take off the white supremacy glasses. Quick question. Didn't Viacom buy BET? Viacom bought BET. Mm -hmm. And guess what's happening with BET? It's not really black, that much pro-black. All that culture stuff is gone. Gone. <laughs> you ain't gonna find Africa unless it's controlled. You can't even get motherfucking... Uh, after hours, no. that video stream, well, that used to be fun. Because, but anyway, oh, go ahead. No, because what they do is, that's how they control the system. They cause the problem, but then they control the solution. Mm -hmm. So, let's take BET, for example. They can cause the devastation that would allow you to say, we have to stand up and have rights. Then they can buy BET and control a black girl's rock ceremony that will only highlight the issues that white America feels that's safe to highlight. Causing a problem, controlling the solution. But here's the question about that I have to ask you. Now, understand they cause the problem and they give you a solution. 
But like I said, when we talk about these news and media outlets, the thing is about these news and media outlets is that even though they're they can do spread as many lies as they want to, which they usually do, they also do tell you the truth. They also put the truth blatantly right there in your face. The question of really us, us as a people that we don't really do anything with it. They they, they expect us. We're in a process right now. I feel like in a system where even if they tell us the truth, they're still not. We're still not going to do anything. Give me an example when the news has put, and I'm, I mean, I'm being objective. I know it sounds like I'm setting you up, but I just want to know an example of when the news has given us true knowledge. And by news, I mean ABC, like the news outlets. When have they given us truthful knowledge? Truthful knowledge. Like about, truthful, about truthful. how they, what's going on out here? About what's going on here. Well, the bank trucks. Okay. The Bay Trucks is a prime example. The Bay Trucks, they reported this. They're telling you that this setting up young black males to get incarcerated. Okay. They made it very cloud and clear. They put cameras up. They shown us this is happening. Mm. So technically, they have given that's an example right there. Right. They have given us that type of information. Mm. Um They've even I think there was a report there explained about how actually the Section 8 housing projects you know, the Section 8 system works. Um, it's, it's an interesting story. Remember that um, that young lady from Indiana? It was a story that came out. It was a young lady from Indiana that spent nine years uh, rent-free. No, I didn't hear about that. So there was a young lady that spent nine that was part of a realty company mm-hmm. that she never... Her owner, the boss, was incarcerated. He got locked up for, I think, fraud. The grievance that she had was that if she would stay, as long as she was an employee of that company, she would get to stay in that house rent free. The company was still active while this man was incarcerated. So technically, when they shut it down, when they shut it down, they never came for her in her agreement. So the housing was still kind of like really just out there. This is a number of a bunch of half a thousand. Thousands and thousands of uh, housing properties in Indiana. So she stayed in that house for nine years, rent free. Never paid a dime to the city of Chicago. I mean, city of Indiana. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, in Indiana in general. She never paid a dime to anyone. They found out about that, and they had to make her pay. So the look. If you want the property, you're going to have to pay rent or buy the property. It's about sadly $7,800 to buy the property. I believe it is the case. Which is not bad because of the fact that you can go nine years. The problem is she didn't spend any money. I think I did hear about this. Okay. The problem is she didn't save any money mm-hmm. because you're in an income in Indiana. Now, I don't know about how y'all feel about it, but Indiana's um, job market is not that great. It's not that much greater than it is here. Mm-hmm. So Indiana, so she really, I guess she didn't really have that much of a job. So, but anyway, the point is, even when if there is some way of a loophole around this system, or if maybe if they're telling you the problems within the system, they're broadcasting to you. But we're not doing anything to take advantage of. It. We're not doing anything with this knowledge. We're not doing anything. It's right there in front of us. Even though they lie to us so much, it's right there in front of us and we're not doing anything about it. So what exactly can we really do with this information if we're not even going to try? 
know what I mean? I I, I hear you. <laughs> you, I hear, you hear me, but I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like, um, okay, I, I mean, I probably would have off a little bit on that one, but understand, but I'm just trying to make a point. The point is, is that these situations, they're, the media is, of course, a liar, but they do tell you the truth. It's kind of like a balance in a way. It's like there's a little bit of lie and there's a little bit of truth. And it's kind of up for us to kind of figure that out what it is. Let me uh, give you an example of something. Um, let's take somebody, let's take a man that is inevitably cheating on his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives her a bit of truth and he lies. So it's not that he's lying, he's omitting what's going on, his situation. So he might tell her that, yes, I had uh, a past with this girl, but he's not telling you that he's still continuing the future with this girl. He's telling you enough for you to be aware so that you can gain trust. As he goes and does bull behind your back. Why did I use that? Bait trucks. How many... Do, do you really think in the city of Chicago mm-hmm. that that was the only bait truck in the city of Chicago this year? And this year ain't even over. You know, how, you know how long we've been hearing stories about bait trucks? Do you? Th- but but how, many, how many times have a bait truck been cast? How many times have they just publicly went out with the bait truck? This bait truck is all over the internet, mm-hmm. all over the news media. Do you really think that this is the only bait truck out there? Do you really think this is the only bait car out here? What do I mean by that? They feed you a little bit. Because if they just smack the hell out of you all the damn time, that would allow people to say, you know what? I have a common enemy. This is a black and white situation. They whooping my ass. We need to come together so they can stop whooping our ass. But when they, and I'm talking about the media outlets, when they give you a little bit of the truth, it allows you to relax and say, you know what? Okay, I can see they're making progress. I can see that they're trying to inform me, which causes you to relax while they sneak up behind you and cut your goddamn throat. So, as, and I can't even say as much truth. I got to say the little trinkets of truth that they set in there, and it's not even really truth. It's like half truths because what they tell you, they tell you a little, but they omit all of the real shit that's actually happening, like how they did with the bait trucks. Bait trucks were probably, it was probably six bait trucks in the city of Chicago at that time. That was just the one that got broadcast. The 73 murders. Nobody has heard about what's happening with 73 murders. Now, if one dude named Jacquees come up to say he killed somebody, Okay, you're making progress. But they're not going to tell you that they probably had a militia that came in the city of Chicago to kill 73 people. A little bit of truth in order to get the bullshit that they're actually pulling out the way. Mm -hmm. So that's when I say I don't really trust any media outlet, especially any media outlet that's owned by the powers to be. Because we have to understand the agenda. Once you understand the agenda, you don't necessarily have to be like, okay, I don't trust you, but I trust you, I don't trust you. If you're owned by the powers to be, don't trust them. Because the agenda is to extrapolate the information from the black community, then exterminate them. So anything that happens in the media, which is a part of their agenda, propaganda, is going to be about exterminating the black people out of Chicago, if you're talking about Chicago. And I'll give you a big example. What did Hitler do before he came in and killed all the Jews? Hitler went on a three-year campaign in order to basically ostracize the Jews, to 
make their smear their names. He went on a three year smear campaign for the Jews before he actually went in with his military to take them over. Why did he do that? Because he had to make the outside world see that these people are below dirt. These people ain't even worth saving. And so if I, Hitler, come in to kill him, hey, y'all should give me a pat on the back because I'm doing the world a favor. So what the media has done for every one bait truck that they say that the police kind of was wrong for doing, there was a hundred stories where they indicted black people, showed them with mug shots that made them look like they had the worst character, showed gang violence, showed gang violence when it wasn't really there. A hundred out of every one is not going to make me say, okay, we making progress. It's going to make me say, okay, this is exactly what they're supposed to do. This is a classic art of the war situation. I do have one rebuttal to what you have just said. Um, <clears throat> you said they are to extract and exterminate the black, black, black people. I'm not going to go to the extreme of exterminate for one reason and one reason. It's because, as I keep saying about the system is, it's always, because the way I look at it as far as we're concerned, as African Americans or as blacks, you have to go back to the kind of the saying of what was the whole point of slavery? But see, can I, can I just stop you there? Go ahead. If you don't understand what slavery is, you may think that the reason for slavery is one thing. What you was taught in your books, in school, by white society. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you was taught that concept. I don't have to go into the details about slavery, but I can tell you there was a reason why they told you slavery was the way it was. It's psychological. Okay? That is the first thing. They can't come with chains and put us on boats anymore. They have to come with chains and mentally shackle our minds. Okay? So you you can't take that approach because they have been manipulating the narrative since slavery. On to the Jim Crow, on to the civil rights movement, and on to them saying, quote unquote, all these black people are killing each other in the city of Chicago. Because people in Chicago know Chicago can get a little dangerous. But I know damn well that Chicago people are not killing 73 people in one weekend. And tell me one thing, why is this on the weekend? I didn't know Def, I didn't know Def needed a contract. Because it's always I didn't know Def weekend. signed the contract for the weekend. You I know. thought that Saturday and Sunday, I thought it was more. I thought it was five more days. Because right. if I was a true gangster, and we're talking about gang crimes, I would be doing my stuff when it's low key times. Mm-hmm. I would not wait till the block is hot or on parades in order to kill seventy three people. Right. If I really had insidious intentions as a gang member, I would wait till it's the most low key where the block is not hot, and I would shoot you during a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Right. So that can show you that there is more to this. There is more to this story than seventy three people getting shot. Because it's not going for a while; it keeps getting repetitive and repetitive and repetitive until you start figuring out this sounds like a process that's going. But here's the thing, though, what I'm saying as far as the extreme of exterminating. Because the way I look at it is, black people still generate enough of a profit that they're not going to exterminate us. But they do want us out of the way of being more than just a profit tool. So they're just going to probably push us. It seems a lot like they're pushing us 
out of the way. Okay. What I really want to do. This is the thing. When you say the word exterminate, you can take on a connotation that it means to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Exterminate only means to get rid of. Now, I don't necessarily have to get rid of you with murder, but I can get rid of you with private funded prisons. I can get rid of you by taking your manhood and your ability to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. I can get rid of you by separating your family, by giving them public assistance, your wife and your kids, and telling you that you get nothing, so you have to ambray and amscray away from your family. Mm-hmm. That is an extermination. That is a controlled extermination. This is 2018. We didn't got much. Well, not we. But the powers to be have got much quicker than to just come and kill you. But I take that back. Because they are literally going and killing black people in the city of Chicago. And, and this just a little back to my point. I'm going to state this on the record. There was no possible way that, quote unquote, gang violence caused 73 murders in the city of Chicago. Like we've all said, 73 murders, 73 people should have got caught with the amount of cameras out here. Right. The only way 73 murders could have occurred and nobody got caught by none of these cameras and none of these sound trackers and none of these, all these bullets that's flying. And I've just stated that the city of Chicago have a way of tracking where that bullet originated from. The only way this could have happened if the government and the Chicago city helped with these murders. That is the only way it could have happened. Because ain't no gang members gonna pack up, kill 73 people first, pack up, and then leave. It just don't happen like that. Somebody would have talked. This city is segregated. So these black gang bangers would have went back to their sections of towns where the cameras are everywhere, and they would have eventually got caught. It's been a week and nobody got caught. You can't tell me that that ain't systematic setup of black people trying to be exterminated or propaganda being set up. Remember, remember that key word is system. So in, so in the end of the day, it was like, okay, well, what can we do? All right, enough of the. All right, we understand we we broke it down. So what exactly can we do as a people to fix this? What we need to figure out a way because this cannot keep going on forever. One one of the ways that we can fix this whole thing, and it's going to seem like the smallest thing in the world, but this is one of the biggest things. I feel entrepreneurship is the way to fix this because one of the bigger reasons why there are no jobs and people aren't employed. It's because people are looking for jobs and people are looking to be employed. And once you're employed, I don't care what you do, you have to on some some line follow the policy of who you are employed for, which silences your voice. And right now, the black man in the city of Chicago, if he can find a job, if he can find a job, is being silenced because he know if he raises his voice and actually has the status and says the shit that I'm saying right now, that he can be eradicated, exterminated from his own job. So it is time to understand that you have to learn. And Dr. Boyce Watkins once said this. The most important thing that a black boy can learn to do is to make money for himself. Not go and look for another job, but create jobs. Not be the employee, but be the employer. So in other words, that's the biggest thing. So you have to create your own job market. We have to create our own job market. Create your own job market because you know what that does? That gives you the autonomy to do whatever you feel. Take me for instance. I have the autonomy to come on here and give my opinion about what's going on. Because I have the autonomy of my own life. I am not strapped to another person. I don't have to extrapolate information to the powers to be in order for me to stay working and eating. 
I can be here, I can give my opinion, and then I can go home and take care of myself. Now, if you don't have that autonomy of your own life, especially a black man, then you don't have anything. You're going to answer to somebody, and let's say something bad breaks out in the city of Chicago. Mm. Most people say, hey, don't get involved with that man. Don't ruin your career. Don't ruin your life. All right? Most people even tell you, hey, man, don't ruin your life. If your boss say something, just duck your head and be going and, and mosey on. Damn all that. If you create your own economy by creating your own jobs, then you don't have to answer to that. You can flow the way you flow. You can control your own communities in the way that the Black Panthers did in the 70s. That's how you do it. It's not about just entrepreneurship. It's about having the autonomy of your own life. And if the black man had the autonomy of his own life, now he can control his families. Mm -hmm. That would eradicate a lot of the Section 8. That would eradicate a lot of the uh, public assistance. That would eradicate a lot of the boys that's turned into these quote-unquote game bangers that's going out here killing 73 people. Really? But that's not the that happy fact that there are some of these game bangers out there who are literally, they're not game bangers, out there killing 73 people. They're out there really not being productive. They're well, not making any money to the family. That's why it is more important to have that sense of entrepreneurship. Now more than ever, we need a sense of entrepreneurship because we need to start generating. Black Wall Street was a prime example of that, and look what they did to that. We all know the history behind Black Wall Street. We have the ability to create our own market. We have the ability to fund ourselves. We have enough money we have the ability. The money that we spend on the most materialistic things can uproot our communities within the blink of an eye. Right. But we need to start acting on that. That is the very first step. We got to take care of home. Taking care of home. You always hear somebody, this is the old school saying. It's an old school saying. Your mother probably told you that. Your grandmother told you that. Your grandfather told you that. Take care of home first. Right. You got to start taking care of home. I got another solution. So. And this is something that starts when you're four or five years old. Mm -hmm. School. I advise, if you can, all African Americans take their children out of these public school systems where they're teaching you a history that psychologically shackles the brain and makes you feel that the Caucasian person is above you and superior to you by teaching you a history that is an absolute lie. You cannot get around the fact that when you go in school, first, most of our black boys are being taught by white female teachers. And there's already an understanding that white females view black boys as being bigger, taller, stronger, and more aggressive than they actually are. They look at black boys as being 17 when they're really 10. So there's a fear that they cannot actually go and dive deep and actually help these people. Please nobody give me an admiration. Please nobody give me an admiration. Because we're talking about the majority of what's happening. We're talking about the black boy being forced into the school to prison pipeline by putting them in special education. I'm one of the smartest people that I know. And I will tell you a story. I went to Catholic school until one through seventh grade. I went to public school for one year. Do you know they tried to put me in special education? They tried to put me in special education. I went to Brown on 127th and Wallace. One year in eighth grade. And they tried to put me in special education. How is that even possible? 
You have to understand that this is a systemic issue. Like my guy keep telling you, this is systemic. They are trying to... School at this point is only a lather up and lubricating you in order to fit into society so that you can either work for the corporate structure or get work from the corporate structure, which is prison. So you have to create your own narrative. Take that black boy and that black girl out. Teach them their own history because I swear to God, there's nothing like learning who you truly are that will ignite your soul. I can't work for anyone right now is because I know exactly who I am and where I came from. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. I know I deserve better. If you teach a black boy that is six or seven years old, you don't have to worry about him going out here and joining the game. His soul will be ignited to the point where he knows that, hey, my ancestors, and I ain't even talking about 500 years ago, my ancestors from, from 70 years ago we're better than this. I am better than this. I come not from that king and queen stuff because everybody didn't come from king and queens. But I come from people that are entrepreneurs. I come from people that own their own banks. And the banks were actually more popping than the actual white banks today called the Freedman Banks. That's why they shut that down. That's why they shut that down. If he understands his true history, that he did not originate from Africa, he originated from this continent right here. He started to understand his true ethnicity, his true race. There's nothing you can do with that person. You're going to have to leave him alone because you can't indoctrinate him into the white society anymore. He knows better. School is where it's at because it's not, it's not education, it's indoctrination. And once you understand that, you're able to take your child, manipulate his mind in the best way possible for your people, and then watch and see what he do out in this world. Mm -hmm. You're going to be totally sorry. Enrich the mind and enrich the soul. Enrich the soul. That's the two most important things you need to do. Enrich the mind, enrich the soul, and everything else will fall into place. You can't see nobody Kool-Aid expecting them to run 26 miles all the time. Exactly. You're giving them bad information and thinking they're going to take over the world in a positive light. Are you sick? No. And sometimes you might even have to teach yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's the most important thing. Be, Be aware. Be aware. Be aware that you don't know the information. Right. And that also, you need to learn. Also said... Einstein once said, he's one of the smartest men in the world. The smartest man in the world is a person that still has a lot to learn. We have still have a lot to learn, even as much as we know, we still have a lot to learn. And we're going to continue to keep learning. The better you know what you're dealing with, the better you know what you're up against. That's true. So, how do you think we're doing on time? We're doing about, let's see. Oh, Less than a minute and 30. That will conclude this episode of the Brothers Podcast. Yeah, can we give it up for ourselves real quick? Yes, it's hot in here. It's hot because we got to heat it up in yeah. here. Yeah, and the Like I always say, you're going to agree with some things. You're going to disagree with some things. But the one thing you're going to learn, you're going to learn. And this is just a platform to open up discussion, people. And to challenge yourselves to think in a different perspective. If you have a difference of opinion, like we said, we always welcome open discussion. I have a Facebook. He has a Facebook. Stephen City P. Watson is my Facebook name. Dante Chase Bridges is his Facebook name. My man over here also has his own brand called Chase Your Holistic. Chase, Chase Your Zodiac, Zodiac Health, Health and, and Wellness. Wellness. I can't, almost <laughs> up again. Chase Your Zodiac Health and Wellness. He also does Zodiac readings. I got some projects lined up myself. 
we are going to hit you in the head with as much knowledge and, intel- and intelligent conversation as much as we can. And if there's something that you think we're wrong about, please let us know. Let us know. And on that note, we are out of here. We love y'all. We'll see you on next time. Peace. Peace.